This is this episode's going to come out in February, but this is the last episode that we're recording in 2023. It is the final the final day of 2023 as we record this. Yeah. Do you have any any hopes for the future, either from a personal standpoint or a public standpoint or a podcast standpoint or anything like that? Oh man, I've not even thought about it. Um, yeah, I don't know that I have anything in in particular. But how about you? You got? Um, you want to get our first? You want to try to get our first sponsor? <laughs> no, that that seems ambitious. Um, Start a Patreon. I have thought about. I forget what has made me think about this, but I, I was at one point thinking of just like if we ever did like get enough listenership to justify like starting a patreon like what kind of sort of exclusive content would we make but yeah i don't know we'd have to talk about that we could uh yeah i don't know i i think there's some things we could do some drafts and things like that you know yeah yeah no i think i think we could like come up with some fun fun stuff to do but yeah uh, you know, for the podcast, I've been thinking about buying a different mouse that makes a less loud clicking sound, <laughs> so that I can click on things sure. without it showing up on the the audio. Um, you know, I don't know. I just want to keep doing it. I, I, I honestly, I just feel very satisfied with this year. It was a little. The end of this year is a little tough for me. Yeah. With feeling motivated to do it, not because I didn't like doing it, but because a, I think we were kind of watching some stinky episodes for a while there, and also I was just really tired and worn out with like work and other things and yeah uh personally you know i am looking forward to being done with my current project and working on some other new projects uh at work and that i think will make me feel more energized and uh so i don't know if i have like resolutions but like i have some hopes you know although i will say that i'm the problem with 2024 is that it is an election year so i'm not looking forward to that oh yeah that'll uh, be it's going to be a whole but, thing. Yep, Republican primaries coming up less than a month. I mean, they'll have already been started by the time that Trump might already be basically confirmed nominee by the time that this episode comes out. But um, yeah, I'm just thinking for the Star Trek land, um, Star Trek Discovery is coming out April 2024. Yeah, the final season. Uh, Strange New Worlds and Lower Decks have both been renewed. I don't think that we have a dates for those. Prodigy is also season two of that is coming out this year sometime, I believe. Okay, um, yeah, I think. When, isn't this? Have they? I feel like they've made some announcements about the Section Thirty One mo- movie-ish thing, right? Right. I think. I think that's coming out this. This. I think that's supposed to come out this year as well. Uh, but I, I. I. I believe Starfleet Academy. They're. They're not going on that show until Discovery is done. So, um, let's see. Apparently. Oh, and um, has there? been any new word on the uh star trek 4 the like oh i don't think so but the, maybe the chris pine cast movie uh, not that i'm aware of okay. not that i've seen lately because at one point they were saying that was going to come out like this year right or... yeah but then but then they said that and then like all the cast was like well no one's talked to us about it i think it's just a money <laughs> sure. it's a money thing so yeah um i feel like some of those people would probably be pretty hard to get now too i don't know if that's true honestly like Pine, I think, likes doing it, and, uh, like, I don't know, he's not really that busy. Like, he's he, he's mostly in, like, kind of mid-budgety stuff. Now. And I like him. I'm not, I'm not yeah, dissing he, him. Yeah, he seems like, like someone that just, like, makes stuff he wants to at this point. Yeah. And then, like, Saldana, 
I mean, she's in Avatar, but like she doesn't really do very much else. Like Guardians is done. Yeah, um, I guess that's true. It's kind of a lot of her big stuff is probably just finished. Because I mean, Avatar, she was just kind of like, just because the production of that movie took, of like the second one took so long. I feel like she was probably. Yeah, but they're still shooting though. Like, like they're like because they're, they're doing they're doing three right now, and I think they're going to turn around and do four after that. But um, yeah, Avatar two is. I mean, I like the Avatar movies. Avatar movies are good, in my opinion. But um, I don't know if you've seen those movies, but they're... I've I seen like the them. first one. I haven't I haven't gone and uh, watched uh, the second one yet. Speaking of something we were talking about uh, off... Like, talk about uh, space leftism. Like, those those are some good... I think some politically pretty good movies. Um, and they're But they're also just, like, really entertaining, because James Cameron knows how to do that stuff. But, right. Uh, I just watched The Abyss in theaters earlier this month. It's, that movie rules. Oh, but... Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, Quinto's not doing anything. Uh, honestly, like John Cho's not really doing anything like yeah. Peg works, but like, I don't know. I feel like he'd still, I mean, but, but yeah. Peg is a big Star Trek fan. He's like he would do it. Like on the other you know. side of the camera now, right? Like he's mostly like writing and directing now. Well, I mean, I'm sure he's there working. I think I'm sure he's shooting like Mission Impossible 8 right now, but, but oh, yeah, sure. like. But he likes Star Trek, though. Like, like he would totally yeah, do it. Like, I, I think it's just a money thing. Like they wa- the the last one didn't make as much money as they wanted, and so they don't want to spend as much money as it would require. You know, I, I know that for a while they were talking about doing like a time travel one with Chris Hemsworth. Chris Hemsworth honestly seems like the hardest person to get now. You know. Yeah, uh, that's fair. But yeah, I don't know. I I don't think there's been any word on that. I I kind of don't think it will happen. I think they should make. Uh, if they want to keep doing like the alternate timeline thing, I think they should go forward and do like alternate TNG uh, movies. I think that'd be kind of fun. Oh, interesting! Just like a whole new cast, and just be like, that could be fun. Yeah, you know, get uh, get James McAvoy again to to play. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to play <laughs> play young Patrick Stewart. I mean, just get Tom Hardy. Section 31, it looks like, is under production. So I don't know whether it will be out this year or not. This upcoming year okay. or not. But um, I hope so. Yeah. I think I've kind of reserved, like, that's that's going to be our our Mark episode, if Mark wants to. I think we're going we're gonna to go, he and I will go see it in the theater together. And um, maybe, depending on when it comes out, maybe you should come up here and we can all see it together. That'd be kind of fun. Oh, that'd be fun. That'd be good times. Because I'm sure they will do a limited theatrical release of it, so... But yeah, so uh, lots, lots of Star Trek stuff. It doesn't uh, like honestly. It seems like they, you know, maybe actually I'm thinking about it. Maybe Strange New Worlds won't come out this year because I think Strange New Worlds would be like the one that would be affected by the strike, uh, because oh, they were sure, yeah, almost they done shooting Discovery when yeah the strike started. So yeah, and Lower Decks would have kept been able to just, like keep yeah being in production. Yeah. Yep. So, so. I'm looking up Star Trek Changes and Worlds now to see if there's any word on it. The only new news about Stranger World is that apparently John Billingsley gave an interview for how Dr. Flox could appear on Stranger Worlds. <laughs> Which I, yeah, I mean, go I'd, for be, I'd be up for that for sure. Shoot your shot, man. Yeah, he's great. So, uh, he's, he's... yeah, we, we did forget to mention his like one half of the scene in, in last week's, uh, 
Enterprise episode. Yeah, so see, he says, in an interview, he says, I was on the strike line, and some of the Strange New World guys were coming up and saying, how long do you think Denobulans live? And I said, long, 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 long. Definitely long enough to be on your show, if that's what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> that rules. Okay, yes, yeah, so that's, I, I hope that happens. That would be awesome. That'd be great. That'd be so good. And he's like, he's like uh, so who knows, I mean, I'd happily come back, and I figure, hell, even if I'm dead, my son Flox Jr. is still around, and he has this fitting <laughs> image of his old pop. <laughs> I love the idea nice. of him him getting in on that. Um, why can't I think of his name right now? The guy from DS9. Brent Spiner. Oh, okay. Or yeah, but yeah, Brent Spiner too. But like, I was thinking about. Um, Are you thinking of um, the creator of the? No. Uh, no. Are, what's his who name? Who are you thinking uh, of? <laughs> I'm thinking of the guy who plays like a bunch of different parts. Uh, oh, Jeffrey Combs. Yeah, Jeffrey Combs. Like, like I, okay. I, I love him. Yeah, getting in a yeah the Brent Spiner that Jeffrey Combs. Like, yeah, just I'm just gonna be here. So. Hey, shoot your shot. I, I hope he'd I, be a great person to do it. I, yeah, that, I would, think, that would be great. He's great. He's probably my favorite character in what I've seen of Enterprise. Yeah. So. Well, him or Jeffrey Combs, like you know. Uh, uh, oh, that's right. Jeffrey Combs was in Enterprise yeah. too. He was really good. Yep. Hi everybody, and welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. I'm Ryan Howard, and I'm Brady Jungle. And today we are talking about Metamorphosis, which is season two, episode two of Star Trek, the original series, written by Gene L. Kuhn, classic uh, mm-hmm. Star Trek original series writer, I believe co-showrunner or co-EP at some point, and directed by Ralph Sineski. Sinensky. The memory alpha synopsis of this is, on an isolated asteroid... Kirk finds Zephram Cochran, inventor of the warp drive, who has been missing for 150 years. Gene Okun, how many episodes did he write? He wrote 12 episodes of the original series. Is that all? Really? Okay. I mean, I guess that's probably about as many as, like, Roddenberry wrote, right? I don't... Yeah, he wrote some classics, though. He wrote... Some of these are co-writes, but he wrote Arena, he wrote Space Seed, he wrote Devil in the Dark, he wrote uh, Bread and Circuses, he wrote A Piece of the Action. Okay. He yeah. did write uh, Spock's Brain. He wrote that one, though, under a, um, a nom de plume, so must not have been super happy with that one. I think all there's four of these he wrote under a nom de plume, which I think are all from season three. <laughs> yeah, they are. Nice. That's funny. <laughs> he would like finished it and then like knew like eh. yeah although one of these though is um let that be your last battlefield which is i don't know i wonder if that episode is good or not that episode is obviously famous but i have no idea whether it's good oh i just which realized is one of the oh, people from, that's the black and white one okay is one of those people uh the guy who plays the riddler is it frank gorshin it really looks like it. Let it looks see. like him, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> We're gonna. Uh, this is really telling you how much we loved this. Um, it is episode. Frank Gorshin. Yeah, you're right. Okay, cool. Well, one day I hope to do that episode instead of this one because this episode sucked. Uh, this episode was really. Well, as I texted you, I think partway through the episode, I said like, "This episode is regressive in so many unique and interesting ways." Right. Um, and I think you texted back. Well, it's not the worst that Star Trek has ever treated women, and then you were like, oh, maybe it is, like about 10 minutes later. Like, <laughs> yeah, because well, at the time I sent that, I was like in the middle of watching it, and it was, at at that point, I thought it was just 
because the like just the I lady it was at just the beginning, about, like the lady being like, "Oh, I'm yeah. such a hysterical woman." Um, but yeah, but then like the turning point happened, and I was just like, "Oh, who boy?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it was a very who boy episode. Yes, of Star Trek for me, I feel like. Um, yeah, why don't you take us in? This is, I mean, this is kind of an important episode for the lore of Star Trek, even though it's not a very good episode. Yeah, it is because it is because um, this is. I assume the introduction or like first mention or first appearance of Zephram Cochran? It's both. It's the first appearance okay. and mention of Zephram Cochran. Yeah. Very important figure in Star Trek. Also what a what a hottie, I would say, in this in this episode. Like uh I thought he was who's that who's that? Yeah, actor? it was one of those people that like you look at and you're just like, I feel like and I mean like he is he's just kind of that like you know, just standard like attractive male from the sixties, I feel like. Because it's just like you're not quite Tony Curtis, but you're like almost Tony Curtis. Sure, sure. Look, I feel like was what I got was getting from him. Glenn Corbett is his name. Uh, he, I I recognize that name actually. He he because he he's a, he was he was on another. I think I did look him up. He was on like he had his own TV show around this time, but it wasn't one that I was familiar with. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm looking. I can't see. What I would recognize him from, he was in an episode of uh, a series called Barnaby Jones, and the episode was called Divorce Hyphen, or Divorce Dash Murderer's Style, which is a funny name. (laughs) He died of lung cancer in 1993, three years before James Cromwell took over his role as Cockrum in Star Trek First Contact. So, uh, I mean, I like, I, I prefer Cromwell's take, I guess, but I, I thought he like did fine in this. He's not the problem in this episode. No, for sure. I mean, and and yeah, also James Cromwell is just great. But yeah. So so the show or the episode starts out with um, there's a lot of shuttlecraft in this episode, which is did I I don't remember when did the Galileo just become a thing in like season two? I don't know because because wasn't like I remember reading that like the whole point of inventing the transporter was that like they didn't have the budget to show them like flying down to the planet every time mm. but yeah like they're they start out like inside the shuttlecraft and then like it's the whole like ship is kind of there in a lot of the episode too but they're it's funny you say that because I, I i watched this on blu-ray so i watched it with the original effects which is what i usually do when okay. i watch an original yeah. series episode it can't have cost them too much money to show the gala flying because I think they very clearly did like the exact same thing they did. I'm 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 curious actually how the entity like the companion looked too in the. I'll have to look it up when I when I get the episode image, because I think for both of them it feel it, it just feels like they had like maybe not for the companion but certainly for the Galileo, they just kind of like had a static like image of the Galileo, that they sort of like moved across kind of like on a cell space. they were moving across yeah sure. <laughs> But uh, like they didn't even have like a miniature that they moved the camera around. No, I think it was an image. Yeah. But yeah, so so they're in the shuttlecraft uh, with uh, so it's Kirk, Spock, and McCoy, and then this they keep calling her commissioner. It sounds more like I feel like she is an ambassador from what they're describing, but they call her the yeah. commissioner, uh, who's this like Federation official that's on another planet, like trying to. They just say she's trying to prevent a war there. And so presumably she's in like some sort of negotiations or that, and she contracted an extremely rare disease, 
Um, so they have to take her back to like Federation space to get her like treatment for this. Mm -hmm. And she starts out as just like very like perturbed and like annoyed. And she's just like, you know, I need to finish my job. Why are you taking me away? And even like while like the ship is, the ship gets kind of hit by this like space anomaly and disabled. And she's just like, well, you can't do this. You have to take me like, I demand you continue to take me where we're going. And like Kirk and Spock just kind of have to be, keep being like, we would love to, the ship doesn't work. Yeah. She's being a real Karen. Um, yeah. And I, I felt very bad for Eleanor Donahue, who is the person who played her, who is still alive, by the way. Uh, she was, she was the eldest daughter and father in the 1950s sitcom father knows best. That's her. That's her, uh, her what she's best known for but um the show really is like will you look at this big shrew yeah really just giving her just all of these like really whiny things to say where it's just like clearly like they're in it's just like she exists for kirk to be like oh man this woman's real a real pain in my butt like we're we're, yeah he's just a i love to help you but like we're in space right now we're getting caught by this big guy like being sorry i can't do anything like it's it's uh and she's like this is outrageous i demand to be returned to my planet and yes it's very uh this this episode of the show really i think kind of like for all of like the good things that can happen in in the original series like it is still a product of its time and this i think is like a lot of a lot of real like kind of like re- regressive gender stuff in this uh, episode, at which you know, yeah. of which this is only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, this is far from the worst. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because this could even be like, you know, this could just be like diplomats. Am I right? You know. Yeah. Type of feeling like if you're. I mean, being I, generous, I don't like, think it is. I think it, <laughs> I don't either. But like, you could be generous to this part of it. It feels I very feel. coded as like women are emotional and hysterical, and men are like kind of like stoic protector yeah you know because she does kind of get more and more hysterical as like the episode goes on yeah also like she starts out as just kind of annoyed and then yeah goes into like full like you know kind of like quote-unquote hysteria type. yeah she has she does have to be sedated at a certain point like yeah against her will basically or not yeah. i guess without her consent i guess not necessarily against her will but yeah um but yeah basically they're hit by this there's this sort of like cloud in space that sort of moves itself around the ship and takes it like turns off all of the ship's systems and like takes them and to this planet that they and so they they get out on this planet because they're like well it's got like you know the same atmosphere as earth and like it's it's livable and so they they go outside and like spock starts checking out the shuttle and figures you know it's like the shuttle like nothing's broken but it's just not working and then they find there's another human there who's like hi i'm he like first introduces him like just calls himself cochran yeah and he he also again like in the same vein as uh like daniels in the that enterprise episode we watched last time is just like super vague anytime they try to ask him a question yeah to the point that like kirk also gets like real annoyed with him because he's just like, how did you get here? And he's just like, I crashed. And he's just like, well, when? And he's just like, I'm from Earth. He's like, that's not what I asked. <laughs> Here's a question for you. Because the thing, something happens is he says he's just a Cochran. And then Kirk and McCoy are like, man, he looks familiar. Like, And so then and then later on, the, he says his full name. And they're like, oh, you're the guy 
who, yeah, who invented. basically invented the warp drive. So if you, I'm trying to think of like, like he's less famous than like a president, I think, you know, but like, yeah, like if, if you saw like, um, if you were in a world where like you knew that time travel could happen or whatever, like, so, like, like if you, if you went somewhere sure. and you saw a guy who was like, my last name is Einstein. Like, <laughs> and he had like, and he looked like, like Einstein. <laughs> Like, sure. I guess. See, the, Einstein was the first one I thought of, and I was like, Einstein might also be, like, a little bit of not the perfect example, just because he has such a distinctive look. Well, I think that maybe that's what it is, because they kind of explain this later on in the in the canon, because I guess by the time he invents the warp drive, he doesn't look like this. He looks like James Cromwell, So he's because he's significantly sure. older than he is in this. Yeah, because he, like, de-aged or so, like, this is him as, like, a young man. So I suppose may- maybe if yeah, I saw, I guess, like... I, don't, I mean, I guess I don't know what young Einstein looked like. All right, so I gotta maybe. look it up. Let's look up young Einstein. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah, if you saw, like, if you saw like young Einstein and he said, my name is Einstein, would you be like, oh, like Einstein? Or would you just be like, you look kind of familiar? Like, uh, Sure. Yeah, I mean, I guess, like, if you think of, like, Edison, like, I feel like I would recognize a picture of Edison, but maybe not, like, if I saw him in real life, it might not be the first thing I would think of. You know what I mean? Right. Or Tesla or somebody like that. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Okay, I'm looking at, at a picture of young Albert Einstein. And like... See, now I'm just looking at an Australian comedy film starring Yahoo Serious. Yeah, I did that too. I'm, I, I looked up young Albert Einstein. I'm looking at him. And yeah, I think... Okay, that's fair. I would be like... I think I might look at him and be like, he does look kind of sort of familiar. But I don't know that I would just be like, oh, that's Einstein. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, like... Yeah, you could see like his eyes in that. Like, yeah, he, it definitely is Einstein. But yeah, I get what you're saying that you yeah. might not necessarily. Okay, complaint retracted. I, but, I buy. Well, it. I mean, but but would you like again? Like, if he said I'm Einstein, I feel like that's still the first thing your mind would go to. Yeah, because Cockrum is like a huge He's Titanic be, right? figure of his of history. At the you yeah, know. again, like especially for astronaut like spacefarers. <laughs> Right, like you're not just like you're not just like some person that lives on Earth. You're someone who like is in a spaceship using the technology he made. So like you've clearly learned a lot about this guy. One would assume. Well, I think they they say also that like they know his ship went out into space and they never found it. So it's like yeah. they're in the place where he could be if a Star Trek episode happened to him. You know. Yeah. So if you but, saw someone like named Earhart. Yeah. Which is funny because they, they we, there actually is an episode of Star Trek where they find Amelia Earhart, <laughs> right? And they know it's her right away. Oh man, that episode's that's a good that's a good idea. I I don't remember that episode as good. It's a really good idea for an episode, right? For certain. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was just so, I, I think yeah, I but yeah, it is one of those. It's also an interest. I was thinking of like sort of from a writing standpoint, like why you did it this way, because like I mean, I guess like. You want the if you want the reveal to happen later, because the audience doesn't know who Zephram Cochran is, mm. but I guess you have to like work around that. Presumably, the characters would know, like that later they have to figure out that. I, I yeah, because I, I guess it's like because initially you don't know that he's been there for a hundred and fifty years. Yeah, yeah, and he just kind of keeps being like it's because they keep like showing him things and he's like I don't know what that is and they're like. This is like standard issue technology. And he's just like, well, I've been here a while trapped on this planet because I crashed. And they're like, how long if you don't know what like a communicator is? Well, he doesn't, he doesn't know either, right? Like, he doesn't know how long he's been there. 
Yeah, I guess that's true. He's just like, I've been here a long time. Because they're like, yeah. man, look at your old ass instruments. And he's like, whatever, these are just my instruments. What are yeah, you talking this about? Yeah, this is what I had on my ship. Yeah. Um, and then meanwhile, like the the commissioner, her sort of disease keeps progressing. So like McCoy is basically just kind of keeps sort of tending to her and being like, she's getting more and more sick. We, we have to get her, we have to get off this planet and like get her to a Federation facility quickly or else this is going to like, she's going to die from this, which is one of those at the time, again, like the first half of this episode, I feel like I was being much more generous to it than, I ended up being by the end because at the time yes. I was just like, I, and I, I know they've done this in other episodes, but like, I think that is actually like a smart thing to do of like, have kind of an extra ticking clock type of element. Yeah. Where it's not just like, well, we have to get off this planet because like the episode of Star Trek ends in 40 minutes, but like, you know, have this kind of like this, like we have like, medical supplies to deliver or like this person needs treatment and like we have to get them off like it makes it you feel more of like an urgency of like having to get off this planet Mm -hmm. and then it ends up like you know turning into a whole different thing by the end i'm just like oh well that's not as good as i thought it was (laughs) i mean we haven't actually gotten to like why they're here yet right no because yeah because basically i think first do they find out that it is cochran and then he explains like the companion like yeah. they find out who he is and that he's been here for 150 years and they're you know at first they're like but Zephram Cochran died and he was also like in his 80s when he did and he's like well no I didn't like I sort of like flew out into because I wanted to like die in space and so I was just like on a ship kind of floating through space and this entity found me and brought me here and like rejuvenated me and made me young and is just kind of keeping me alive here and then it said that it brought them there because he needed company so that's why like all of them have been brought there because he calls it the companion um this like yellow cloud decided that he needed friends mm-hmm. to keep him company so I, I was thinking about this so given the way that this episode ends i was thinking you know what it could be like I'm not 100% sure how you do it, but I'm convinced you could make it work. Like, you could do an episode of Star Trek where, like, Zephram Cochran is still alive. Like, <laughs> but it, but now he's played by present-day uh, James Cromwell. James Cromwell. Could, like, it wouldn't fully yeah, work. because he's aging again. <laughs> you'd, you, yeah, because he, he would have died still by the time that, like, TNG happens. And, like, the current... Sure. Like, there's only one show that's currently set in the original series period, and it actually takes place before this before episode. Before sure. But, like, I don't know. I just, do I think yeah, you could, I mean, you you could make it work, and I think that would be, sure. like... That would be a really fun idea to just basically like now he's like a sequel to this. Yeah. A sequel to this where it's him from the movie. Like, I I think that would be a good idea. I'm I'm, we're like this guy aged up again to the age that he was when he tried to die the first time. Yeah. I'm very pro that idea. That'd be fun. During this whole reveal. I, I think my favorite, one of my favorite lines in this whole episode, probably one of two is Kirk is just kind of getting more and more annoyed with this guy. And Kirk's, like, trying to convince him to explain what's going on. And Cochran's mm. just like, well, you won't like it. And Kirk is just like, I already don't, I already like, don't like it. it. Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> it's a I great like line. And, like, he's just so good at... I, I really like, like, annoyed Kirk. Yeah. Um, for sure. He's, he's great. 
that was that was probably my favorite line of the episode honestly and i was yeah like, i think it was i was like me too man <laughs> i yeah. get it yeah it was that one and then one there's one spock line like at the very end too that i really like so yeah so basically they kind of show that like this cloud is like trying to like care for cochran and meanwhile like spock is out trying to fix the shuttle and the cloud like comes up and like jolts him with electricity um well and they say very they're very like clear that it is electricity they're like that that was simple electricity yeah like when after it happens because because mccoy's like you know like all worried about spock and spock was just like this is super exciting you like the most interesting thing just happened i just got shocked with like hundreds of volts of electricity yeah um it's it's great spock's really good in this episode too i will say like all of the main like the main guys i feel like are really on point with their performances despite like what yeah it ends up being like they end up having to say but there's a lot of especially for this first part i think i feel like a little bit like mccoy and kirk are like a little bit laying on a, like the women stuff a little bit but like yeah that's also like they're i mean i don't know what are they supposed to do it's it wasn't like it wasn't yeah, like they wrote this episode you know um yeah but yeah and so then they figure out like oh well if it's made of electricity then we can maybe like overload it or like short it out by like and so they make this little box that's basically like when we turn this on it'll send more electricity into it and try to to overload it and destroy it so that we can escape yep and they convince cochran to help them because they're just like don't you want to like leave this planet and go see what the universe is like now Mm -hmm. and he's like okay fine i will because he can sort of go out and like stand in a field and like call to the companion and then it like comes over and like surrounds him but he feels like kind of bad. He's like, I don't want you to kill the companion. Yeah, yeah. Because um. this is this is another thing too. Is that like this episode reminded me in multiple times of Tuvix, uh, the episode Tuvix. Really? Okay. And one way was that like Kirk's like readiness to just kill this thing. Yeah, his immediately like first thing he goes to is just like it's a very Janeway. Uh, sure. <laughs> A very Janeway response, in my opinion. <laughs> like, uh, he's just sure. so ready to off this thing, and like, it's a sentient being. Yeah, clearly. And, and like, Cochran is like, "Well, I don't want you to hurt it." And then Kirk's like, "Well, we have to." And he's like, "All right, fine." Now, I I yeah. do think that like that's kind of I mean that's on purpose, right? Like like there, there's the like un- unlike Tuvix, which ends with her killing a man. Like, right. It very quickly it's like, well, that was not only was that it didn't work. Right, but it was, but, yeah. but like it was a stupid thing to do. Like, uh, yeah, and I think they it was, addressed it was wrong. That it was wrong. It was wrong. It was wrong. To do yeah, it. because they do, like they do try, and it doesn't work. And then there's this little scene between Kirk and McCoy, where Kirk's basically just like even more frustrated that like this didn't work, and you know he kind of like has this moment where he's just like, I have this whole ship up in space that I'm responsible for. Like, this ambassador is going to die, and, like, he feels like it's all going to be his fault. And, like, that's why he's, like, so desperate to, like, I have to, like, take action and do something and, like, fight my way out of this. And McCoy tells him, like, sometimes, like, fighting doesn't work and, like, you should try diplomacy instead. Yeah. Basically, like, rewire the universal translator 
and they're just like, I think with this we should be able to to talk to the the companion, and like maybe we can convince it to let us go. And so they turn it on and they start talking to the companion, and the episode goes rapidly downhill. Yes. <laughs> Where? Oh man. Okay. Because like like I, the, honestly, they hit you with so many like regressive things all at once like i had trouble keeping yeah. track of it like because i, I want to see i'm looking at the memory alpha now which i try not to like just directly look at the memory alpha and just re- recite it and, like, but like read off the plot yeah uh okay so well so first of all it's just that it's it has a woman's voice yeah so kirk looks at either bones or spock or maybe both of them and they're like a woman's voice and then they're, they're immediately like oh maybe it not a caretaker, a lover, or like not a companion, like a lover. Yeah, just because it has the, this like formless cloud of energy has a feminine voice, they're just like, oh, we understand everything now. It is right. in love with right and Cochrane. And so then they tell him that, and he like weirdly he's like grossed out by it. Right, like he he seems like weirdly like the best. The only word I can describe for it is like homophobic, but like. Like that's his reaction is like it's 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 as if like he was homophobic and someone told him like that a man had a crush on him, like do you know what I mean by that? Like it yeah, it's that type of even like oh god, like if I I didn't know, like if I had known this whole time, like that makes like all of this so gross, right? But obviously it's it's not homophobic because like it's a woman, but like just like the way he reacted to it. He was so disgusted in like this strange, like just what felt like a very gay panic way. Like it, oddly. yeah, it does have that kind of feel, um, and like a weird, yeah, or even like you said before, almost like kind of like transphobia. Like if you like found out that like, you know, you had like gone on a date you really enjoyed, and like the person was actually like trans type of like thing. Well, right, and that's that's the other aspect of it because because then he's like, how can she be a woman? It's a cloud. And then uh, right. what do they say? They say something like like Kirk says. Well, like, then Bones and Kirk are just like, well, there's like, well, f- first, like Bones and Kirk are both just like, there's all sorts of aliens out there. And just like, it's not abnormal. Like in the future, like it's totally normal to, to you know, like have relationships with any type of other species. Which, and that's fine. Like that's like, and that makes sense to me. Like, yeah. And again, like there's, there is that because it just keeps getting worse and worse like at that point you're just like okay yeah this is maybe like are we are we you're trying to say that like oh like you know look at how backwards this guy is and like kirk's actually like the progressive one for banging space ladies right but then but but yeah but then i I looked it up it's actually it's in the quote section is that kirk says the idea of male and female are universal constants right right (laughs) I was like, no, that's, I mean, like you, you know, and it's, it's funny, cause that, that's what I was saying. He was like, it's like, it's like transphobic, but like, that's clearly not what they were going for. It's just like, but, no, but like, they're yeah. also just like, they're universal constants. Also like gay people don't exist. Like, so she's a woman. She clearly, she clearly is in love with you. That's the only possible explanation for what could yeah, be going on. Yeah, because she's a woman and you're a man. Yeah. And like, yes. Uh, yeah. And then she just gets really, like, emotional and – and then meanwhile, like, as this is happening, like, the, the lady, uh, the commissioner is continuing to worsen and, like, getting more hysterical and – Yeah, and so then she has this whole, like, little monologue where she's, like, all my life I've just been, like, so 
dedicated to work and I've never been able to love anyone and like this guy has the chance to love someone and he turned it down and oh yeah I forgot about yeah this where she's just like I'm a woman like I want I need to be loved like like yeah yeah but I've because I like put my career first didn't have the chance to um and now I'm gonna die without ever being loved and like he like could be loved and he's turning it down and like she's just like weeping hysterically in bed Okay, so that, that that all happens like very quickly, where you're just like kind of your head is spinning with all of these like bold ideas about gender. <laughs> yeah, and and again, like they kind of treat it as just like, well, this is the way things are. Like, of course, it makes sense. Yeah, so that's that's all happening, and yeah. then and then basically like Kirk gives one of his speeches. At, at, at yeah, certain. because he's like, you love this man and like want him to stay alive forever, but like what makes us human is that we like have like eventually die but the like we spend our lives like doing things and that's really living and like if he's not like out there doing things then you know his his spirit is dead typical typical kirk like yeah you know talking to an alien speech yeah and so like if you really love him you should let him go type of thing yeah and then she just like the cloud disappears and kirk's like damn i really thought that would work does anything else happen before the... No, then, then like, yeah, then... And then... Yeah. So then the the commissioner, like, is standing at the door of the, like, little hut and tells him, like, oh, like, I'm actually the companion and I, like, because this woman was about to die, I, like, came into, like, took over her body. Which takes them a long time to figure it out. Like, as soon as you see her, I'm like, oh, that's what happened. Like, Yeah, anyway. it's, it's her. It, and, like, her voice is, like, weird and echoey, too. Yeah. And, yeah, and she's like, I took over her body. But she's also still, like, because she keeps saying, like, both of us type of thing. Yeah, which I think is, that feels to me, like, very clearly, like, them being like, well, we have to make it seem like she's not a bad guy. For, yeah, for like, like basically <laughs> like for because again like this is another way to Tuvix because she basically Tuvixes herself into this other person like right? a new person yeah yeah she goes full Tuvix but she does it to yeah. herself and then now that she's like an attractive human woman Cochrane is like all about her yeah um, and he's just like oh okay like now we can love each other yep and they like go for a little walk together and. Kirk and McCoy are just like, we'll be over here. We should probably like get out of your way. Yeah. Kind of. But then she says that like, she like, because she took on a human body now, she will like age and die eventually. And like, she's become mortal. And then her and Cochran decide, or, Oh, but she's also, she's also like still tied to this planet for some reason. Like she can't leave this planet. Yeah. The companion part of her. Yeah. Um, and so, like, Cochran decides that he also is going to, like, stay here, and, like, both of them will kind of, like, live out the rest of their lives together, because they love each other. And then there's this line at the very end. Because I guess we haven't said this, but, like, meanwhile, like, Scotty has been, like, looking for them, and he just keeps, like, there's just multiple scenes where, like, Hura, because Chekhov's not in this episode, but, but, like, but, like, uh... Where her, Suru, it's just kind of like, Uhuru, yeah. Mr. Scott, we can't find them. Like, there's, they could be anywhere. And he's just like, well, we'll look through all of space. 
Yeah. And that's basically what happens. Like they just they just keep on checking parts of space. Yeah, they kind of like they first they find like this little bit of a trace of the shuttlecraft and so they like follow it and then it goes away and Scotty's just like, "Well, keep just like going in the same direction we were going yeah. forever until we hit them." Um and then they hit this asteroid belt and he's just like, "Well, they must be on one of them. Let's scan everyone." Um yeah. And then once the companion like sort of turns into the commissioner she's like well now i'm not like your shuttle should work now i'm not disabling it anymore and like your communicators all work so you can just like radio up to the ship and tell them you're here yeah um and yeah and then they have this thing at the end where like i think it's bones that asks like the question that i was immediately thinking as soon as like kind of the whole like the companion turns into the commissioner thing happens of just like wasn't she supposed to be like stopping a war? Right. Like, are we just going to forget that? And then Kirk, so Bones asks that and Kirk has this line that he just said, surely the Federation can find another woman somewhere who can stop a war. Yeah. I'm just like, what does that mean? Another woman somewhere who will stop that war. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah, it's, uh, uh, it's pretty wild. It's a pretty wild episode of television. Yeah. Not a good one. Yeah, so I don't even know. Like, what else is there to say? Like, like it, it's just like so regressive. Like, that's like it's yeah. And like again, like I don't, I don't think that they intended anything by like the, tr- you know, the weird gender essentialism stuff. It, it, I'm not sure they did intend stuff, but like I don't think they intended like the, the trans reading, you know, of it. Yeah, the sort of implications of of falling. But I mean, that's, but obviously I, they did. They did kind of mean the, thing the is like, traditional gender roles part of it. Like you know that that's definitely sure. something that they intended. Yeah, and I think that like that's just kind of the logical like that's the problem, right? Is that that's the logical worldview that comes out of those sorts of yeah kind of rigid understandings of gender and gender roles, right? Is that then they're just like, well, that must be all there is. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. From the moment that like the cloud has a woman's voice on it just like really really gets into really goes who boy real fast yeah rough um, rough stuff yeah the the other like i said i between the kirk being like i already don't like it the other line that i just really liked uh, let me see if i can find what the actual line is but it's basically at it's at the very end when when cochran like says you know i've decided i'm gonna stay here with her um, because I'm in love with her. <laughs> and Spock basically is just like, yeah, I, f- I expected a human to do something stupid like that. Like <laughs> He says, yeah, he says, so Cochran says, I can't leave her because I love her. Is it that surprising? And Spock's response is, not coming from a human being. You are, after all, essentially irrational. <laughs> um, which is, like, a solid Spock line also. Yeah. Yeah, although, you know, like, it seems a little unfair of Spock, you know, think, thinking about uh, Tuvok, like, is married and has kids and, like, is, is faithful to his wife for the entire time, even yeah, though... that's true. You know, me- meanwhile, meanwhile, uh, maybe the more logical route, but the still the insane route is... Uh, Janeway being like, "Well, forget my boyfriend. I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna take up with this hologram. <laughs> delete, delete the wife. <laughs> delete the wife. Uh, uh, but um, yeah, I don't know. That was. Uh, Does it count if it's a hologram though? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think Cork would say no. Cork, yeah. Well, I don't think. And Riker, I think, anyways, would say no as well. But that's true. 
for uh, for Barclay, that's the only way to get it done. That's the that's the only way it does count. Um, okay. But uh, anywho, anything else you want to say about this one? I don't think so. I think we've gone far enough afield. All right. At this point. Well, still a fun discussion, I think. Um, yeah. Next uh, time, we are doing another Enterprise episode. We're doing Stormfront, which is uh, Season 4 of Enterprise, Episode 1. I just read the Memory Alpha synopsis of this because I had the episode up on Memory Alpha so I could remember what it was. Um, I'm not going to read it on the podcast, but you should definitely go look at it because I'm pretty excited, actually, after watching the seeing the synopsis and the screenshot that is, appears on this episode on Memory Alpha. But uh, okay. Stormfront, I actually think it's maybe Stormfront Part 1, but it's a stor- uh, Stormfront, though. So, uh, it's the season premiere of Enterprise, uh, Season 4. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, though. Like That, that yeah, sounds pretty yeah, good. Right. Like, uh I'm excited about that. So you got you got to try it. Yeah. Anyway, so you can check, come back in a couple weeks to check us out on that. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter or Blue Sky at Contracts. You can follow us on YouTube at uh, Out of Contracts. You can email us at outofcontracts@gmail.com or you can visit our website at outofcontracts.podbean.com. You can also check out the other shows on the Cloudscope Media Podcast Network. There is Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast there is that's not a science works which is a science and pop culture podcast and there is wizard studies which is a harry potter podcast so check any of those folks out and we'll see you next time thanks everybody thanks everyone bye